Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that's travelling virtually these days, including around Europe, which is where we're heading today to look at which countries and what types of asset are likely to lead the investment recovery in the hotel sector. Certainly the assets where there is a strong domestic tourist demand. Yes, we're seeing pricing hold up and certainly at the lower end of the market, and that's sub 20 million. We saw pricing being exceeded last year and early this year. There's definitely new source of capital coming into the market, but we see it predominantly from Europe and US. We will see what happened this summer, and depending on that, we will have a more distressed market or we will have a recovered market with uh, other kind of profile investments. I'm Guy Ruddle, and I'm joined today by three people who know more about the European hotel sector than is good for them. Uh, Let's start with Mai Kawashima. Uh, She's a director in the Hotel Capital Markets Division at Savile. She specialises in European hotel transactions with a specific focus on Asian investment into the market. Mai, welcome to uh, Real Estate Insights and welcome to the studio. Hi, Guy. We have people in the studio today, Uh, not just Mai. We also have Rob Stapleton in the studio. He heads up the hotel transactions team in the UK, working on behalf of clients ranging from institutional investors to high net worth individuals and does deals all over the world. Rob, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good morning. Do your high net worth individuals, do you have to go and sort of have meetings with them on on super yachts around Europe or does it not quite work like that? Uh, Occasionally, but less so last year than than in normal. I was joking. What a fantastic job that is. And our third person today is Javier Oroth, who's hotels director at Savile's Spanish division, Savile's Aguirre Newman. He's been in the sector for more than 15 years, so what he doesn't know isn't worth knowing. Javier, welcome to you. How's Madrid? Hi, Guy. Good morning. Everything okay in Madrid? Today a bit cloudy, but with a very nice temperature. Excellent. Oh, I wish I was there. Do we? Do we all wish we were in Madrid? Yeah, <laughs> I think summer. we. Do. I think we do. Right. Come on. Let's let's <laughs> let's get started and uh, uh, and talk about the the investment market uh, in the hotel sector around Europe. My, with your European wide hat on. Um, can you tell us that sort of, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's been pretty bad for the last 15 months or so. How bad and, and where are we now? Are, the, are we coming out? Well, the market is still very uncertain as Europe still experiences the third lockdown. So in some key countries, um, because whilst 50% of the population in the UK are vaccinated, like in leading countries like Germany and Italy and France, Spain, there's still like 20% of the total population. So And daily cases are rising still at like 10 to 30,000. So the uncertainty obviously had a dramatic impact on the investments uh, market as well. And we saw 2020 showing a 55% decline in terms of hotel transactions compared to the previous year, totaling around 9.5 billion euros. And then looking at also Q1 2021, it remained historically low, which like 62% down against Q1 2020. I mean, in a way, I mean, obviously, a 55% fall in transactions is, is you know, pretty dramatic and awful. But, you know, in, in my head, I sort of kind of thought that all all activity would have stopped. No, well, it's really selective still. So there are some iconic um, transactions still happening, like the Ritz Hotel in London uh, that occurred in 2020. Savills also just advised a high net worth individual to acquire the iconic Grand Hotel in Stockholm at around... 350 million euros, which was the largest hotel transaction that happened in the past 12 months. So I think the interest is still there. 
but the bid ask spread is still quite wide and you know the cheap debt financing is still not in place therefore you know we don't see many activities happening in the past few months yeah so it's sort of it's, it's the logistics as much as anything rather than the, rather than the demand perhaps that's the, that's holding things back rob do you in in your with your uk hat on you know sort of bring focusing it in on the uk is, is do you see a similar picture or are things a bit different we're, we're a bit further ahead on on the vaccine rollout than most most of the rest of europe for a start we are and that's certainly driving investor demand i think what we do know is 2019 was the the highest year ever for fundraising in corporate real estate and 2020 wasn't far behind in anticipation of distress uh, coming into the market um, we still haven't seen a huge volumes of transactions in our market. Um, we have hit just over about two billion year to date, uh, predominantly on the back of the Blackstone's acquisition of Bourne Leisure. Uh, Blackstone typically tend to be the first mover at these times in the cycle, and I think their acquisitions are really good bellwether for what's going to happen later on this year. Yeah, but that's interesting that you know you've got these this period of, of big fundraising, big money raising going on, and, and nowhere. To, to spend it yet that 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 bodes well i guess it does and there is a huge amount of dry powder in the market i think we saw transaction volumes in the uk in 2020 were about 2.3 billion which is about 55 percent down on 2019 and 60% down on the long-term average so there's huge amounts of money in the market looking for a home uh, but very little product for them to buy yeah and javier in in your market in spain is, is it similar i know i don't i always think of your market as being about holiday hotels but i guess it's it, it's mm-hmm. not just that right not really i mean of course the leisure market when i say leisure is i mean sun and beach has a very important weight and of course, if we look at this uh, marketing global, not only the laser market, we have a high dependence on the international demand. And so it's really important, mainly the UK and German market, to have this recovery and the advance with the vaccine. But also we have to be vaccine too. I mean, the, the, the Spanish people. No? And we are a bit slow down with the, with, with, the, with the process of the vaccination in Spain and other countries in Europe if we compare with, with the UK. But in general, the situation is really comparable. So we have a shortage of product in terms of investment with a high liquidity or a big appetite from investors. No, So if you look at this statement, it's really similar that we have in pre-COVID. Okay, because there was the same situation, scarcity of product with high liquidity, but the circumstances are really different, no? Because today what we have is very high liquidity in terms of value add and big guys looking for opportunities with high returns. And they are not finding uh, and they are struggling to find these opportunities in in the market to get their returns. So how does this whole thing of a lack of stock and everything, and you know, the, the, as you said, my the the, the you know the, the sort of the, the the expectations from buyers and sellers being dis- dislocated. How, how do we solve that? How do how does that get fixed? Do you think? Well, we have to actually kind of see whether there's going to be more fire sales or distress sales or forced sales from banks coming on the market. In the U.S., it's a bit more active right now, given, you know, they have this loan structure like CMBS loans. So like they're, they're getting definitely more pressure out of these lenders. So U.S. definitely sees more activity than in, in Europe. And, you know, right now Europe gets the best support from government and lenders at the moment so there's literally no activities unless there's this push from these sides um, I don't think we're going to see a meaningful number of activities on the market Just complementing what my I'm focusing on, on our market 
what we are seeing is that besides that there is an important lack of product uh, with adjusted price to get the returns is the lack of senior financing, no? the traditional financing, which is really dry. I mean, whole, uh, traditional banks are not lending money, so it's really difficult for, for the investors to structure the capital uh, to get the returns that they are looking for in, in, in the market. No? And of course, uh, the, the, the main milestone, milestone that we have in our market, of course, is the vaccination. And we will see what happened this summer, no? Because it's just around the corner. We are in May, so the the season is starting in 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 June, and the visibility is very poor, no? So we will see what happened this summer, and depending on that, we will have a more distressed market, or we will have a recovered market with uh, other kind of profile investments. You're nodding, Rob. I think Harry is absolutely right. I think, as Mai said, there's a lot of government life support systems still in place at the moment. Um, and that's kicking the can down the road, for want of a better word. I think when they start tapering down at end of Q3, beginning of Q4, that's when we'll start to see more distress come into the market. A lot of companies have taken on significant debt in 2020 at a time when they had zero or negative cash flows. Um, and they're going to find that increasingly hard to support. Now, that's not across the board. And different segments and different areas of our market will suffer disproportionately hardly. And so, who's going? <clears throat> let, let's sort of assume that we've we've painted this picture of the, the you know the the bottle now or the or the, the the cork is going to come out of the bottle at some point. Who's going to be buying? You know what? Yeah, you know, we've talked about institutional investors. We've talked about um, uh, the PE houses. We've, we haven't really talked much about high net worth individuals. Are, are they all going to be back in the market, or, or do you guys see a particular type of buyer coming from a particular part of the world, perhaps? I think it really depends on which segment of the market we're looking at. Twenty twenty in the UK was really characterised by high net worth individuals. It was people deploying cash, often where they grew up, uh, to buy one of the better assets in their hometown. At the moment, my Javier and I are spending almost all of our time with private equity. They've got huge amounts of money to spend in the market. They're decisive and they act quickly. The challenge that we and they have is that the market's still going through pricing discovery. And until we get a feel for what trading forecast and performance is going to look like in three, four, five years' time, it's very hard to work out how much an asset is worth today. Uh, and, of course, that's linked into the vaccine rollout and the uh, air, airlines starting to flow again. Yeah. My, you, you, I said at the beginning that you you work you know, you have a sort of focus on on the Far East or the Asian markets and things. Yeah, they were traditionally big investors over here, right? Yeah. So historically, Europe has been the largest recipient in global capital. So in 2019, I think it received nearly like five billion from Asians, Middle Eastern, and U.S. investors who are actively buying hotels. And we saw like a new wave of Korean investors as well um, who are investing in this sector. And Savos, uh, us, um, we, we deployed around like 375 million on a single transaction um, in Vienna alone. And the dynamics just completely change because Singaporean investors who tend to have a large exposure um, in hospitality market in their home countries, they're obviously, you know, firefighting at home and Hong Kong private investors who were investing in Europe for their wealth preservation and to welcome their friends and families. They obviously, you know, lost kind of the purpose of buying these hotels right now, given no one can travel. And Koreans are restricted. Um, by their regulations as the team cannot inspect the property. So there's definitely new source of capital coming into the market, but we see it predominantly from Europe and US. 
This is a, a, a probably a silly question, but that wouldn't be the first time I've asked a silly question. Uh, when, you, when you say sort of inspecting the property, does an investor, a hotel investor who's buying, um, you know, I don't know, a, a, a sort of traditional hotel asset, do they physically need to see it themselves? Haven't they got just people in that part of the world that can just go and do the due diligence for them? Well, some of them work with operating partners or like advisors who would be obviously there to help them locally to provide more market knowledge. But at the end of the day, the principal who is making the decision has to be there or, you know, the team for regulating purposes like the Korean investors. So it depends on the party, obviously, but, you know, we encourage most of them to look at the property given we are selling a business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Guy, I, I, th I think that regarding that, it's totally necessary to visit the asset, no? but considering the, the current circumstances, we have advanced and tried to build up new solutions with that. No? And during the last months from Savils, we have already delivered and developed uh, some virtual technical due diligence, uh, virtual tours and everything that try to uh, really make the property near to the potential buyer, no? that at some point was restricted and limited to travel. No? Right now we have more flexibility, no? but six months ago that wasn't a possibility. No? So we have developed some tools to try to make near the, 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 the building to the, to the buyer. No? Yeah. It's not the same time visit, but helps. Yeah. And I was just going to say one of the things we, we used last year was virtual, virtual reality tools. So Maya and I have got yeah. VR goggles. Uh, we employ a company to go and do a very detailed video and we can literally jump in an app, put our goggles on and be in a virtual world where we can steer buyers around an asset. It's not the same as Javier said as being there in person, but it's uh, the next best alternative. That sounds fun. That's, I really like that idea. It's fine if you can work the tech. <laughs> said with feeling. <laughs> so, and, and actually on that thing about being close to uh, your buyer and everything... Uh, do you think people are going to investors are going to want a different type of asset? Are, are investors going to want an asset which appeals to a customer who's more local? I mean, you know, for instance, I mean, I I have a visceral hatred of the, using the word staycation to mean going on holiday in your own country because that that's not what it means. But um, but you know, is that for instance a, 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 an asset that's that's a, a, has a, a local you know, domestic appeal going to be more attractive? Do you think in the future? Certainly the assets where there is a strong domestic tourist demand, yes, we're seeing pricing hold up. And certainly at the lower end of the market, and that's sub 20 million, we saw pricing being exceeded uh, last year and early this year. A lot of the private equity groups that we're talking to, um, you know, they're after platforms and big portfolios, and they're just not in the market at the moment. So I think there will be a trend in the short term towards the staycation uh, positioned assets. Mm -hmm. And I expect Javier will, will have some strong views around the resort, Sun and Beach market, in Spain and where demand is there, but there's still lots of money out there for big boxes, uh, particularly in the larger urban cities. Yeah. Javier, the beach resort uh, hotel market has been, you know, the PE companies have loved that for, for a few years now. Is, uh, mm -hmm. what's, uh, is that going to carry on? Yeah, totally. I mean, the appetite is still there. I think that there is a, a bet, an undoubted debt from, from all the investors, not only PE, no? because also the core investors and private investors are arriving to the to the Sun and Beach market. And there is a common general consensus that the laser will recover very well. No, So uh, the liquidity in this market is really high and the appetite from investors is still there, totally. 
And uh, sort of a final thought before we move on to the Savile standout statistic, which is my favourite part of everything. Um, the uh, Do you think, you know, we sort of talked about the sort of assets that are, are likely to be more attractive on, you know, staycation. Okay, we'll call it a staycation. But uh, what about size, you know, sort of number of rooms? Is, is, are smaller hotels going to be more attractive to invest or even chains of smaller hotels? Or or, or is there, that not going to be an, an issue, do we think? My... I think the everyone is looking for more like an institutional type of product, given the size of the asset, as Rob mentioned. I mean, you know, they're obviously looking for opportunities in Greece, Spain, etc. But where the challenges are for these investors are, these are really small, privately held assets. So usually like one ticket size would be less than 20 million, where, you know, their cost of capital cannot really deploy their capital into this product. So um, I think everyone will be still looking for a larger, you know, 50 million plus type of um, products um, across European key cities and resort destinations. Good. Well, look, I think it's time now to do the Savile standout statistic. You've all uh, been warned about this and have prepared a, a, a little nugget of information which sort of shines a bit of a light on the market. Uh, where should we go first? Mai, why don't we come to you first? What is your Savile standout stat? Um, one stat I have is, um, well, investors are very excited and about the whole recovery story of the airline and hospitality industry. And Blackstone just already uh, deployed around uh, 18 billion US dollars in the hospitality and airline business globally in just Q1 2021 alone. Wow. And uh, all day, every day, we're getting phone calls from investors, debt providers um, who are looking for opportunities, which yeah. is standouts stat. that is a standout <laughs> stat isn't it rob what about you what's your standout stat um my standout stat is that there's more hotel investment product available in the uk today at 2.5 billion than we saw transacted the whole of 2020 at just 2.3 billion yeah really yeah. yes that's there, there's product is slowly coming through and the damn gates are opening and as my said there's huge investor demand so we're we're looking forward to a very busy q2 q3 q4 and javier that just leaves you what have you got for us uh, well, guys, so we are seeing that the appetite for the Spanish market is, is still there. And we have started the year with a good investment record next to 600 million of investment until April. However, it's important to note that the profile of this investment is really on the mid-market. Below 30 million is the average of those investments. And it's been difficult for the institutional guys to find the opportunity. But we expect a very busy end of the year linked to the reactivation of the market and the end of restrictions and the extraordinary measures that are supporting operators mainly. Yeah. Thank you all very much for your time and wisdom today. It's been lovely to have uh, Javier. I know you're in Madrid, so you would have been on the on the line from there anyway. But it's been lovely to have uh, Rob and Mai in the studio. Thank you both for for being here. It's, it feels like it feels like we're coming out of lockdown, doesn't it? You know, that's that's the whole thing. Um, if all that's done is whetted your appetite for more information, then you'll find plenty in the latest European Hotel Trends Outlook report. You'll be able to find that on the research section of the Savills website, savills.co.uk slash research. That's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. Once again, thank you all for being part of it and thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. 
This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.